Hey, what's up, guys? This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to the XO Podcast. All right, what is up, Gennaro? How are you? What's up? What's going on? What's going on, Lizzie? I'm chilling. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, of course, of course. How's your morning going? Getting up, getting started. <laughs> Very quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. Very well, quick. For people who are not familiar with you, you go by the name of Bilo, amazing producer, been around for fucking ever, multi genre <laughs> faceted. No, but like, seriously, you're someone I was telling my boyfriend about you yesterday. And I was like, he's just someone who makes music to make music. And there's yeah. like so few people who do that nowadays. And like you sent me your R&B shit the other day. And I was like, God damn, dude, like what the fuck is going on? Because it's just so refreshing to hear artists just, you know, do their thing. And I've been working on a bunch of pop music lately that's so far from bass music, like that's total sick. 180. But, but I think that quarantine has like brought about this time where people are starting to be like, damn, we need to make some like cohesive, non-club, non-drop structured music that people are just able to listen to and like vibe to. Yeah, honestly, the the quarantine was a blessing uh, for for artists. I mean, mm-hmm. some artists will, will probably think otherwise, but I think that it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, it does have its hardships because making money has become much more difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're, you know, constantly trying to ruin people's lives, then obviously then that that becomes another issue. But, um, you know, the reality is I was in a, a really weird place with my music about two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I was getting into more of the heavier bass stuff, more n- like close to the dubstep, but like I wasn't trying to make dubstep. I was trying to like make my music, but harder. and. I won't say that it wasn't bad or it wasn't, but at one point it didn't feel like me. And I felt like I lost my identity completely. And that's when I started to see my project kind of like falter a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the, the people around me, same thing. It was just all a big fucking like clusterfuck and a mess. And I said, what can I do to fix it? Yeah, I was, I was ready to quit. I was already writing the fucking letter to post on social media like i'm done this is over uh and then one day i tried shrooms for the first time oh shit okay 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 and that same day i made no cap hell yeah once i made no cap my entire mind completely shifted Mm -hmm. and i said why am i not making music that i was already making but just making it better yeah. And, you know, that was no cap is my style. Like, like this is what Bilo really I is. I love that too. You remember yeah. that shit from like four years ago, like all my records from like four or five years ago, this is what I was making, but mm-hmm. now it's like on steroids. It's like yeah. even better than it was before. Um, how, how that happened? Well, my ideas haven't really been made like that in years. So that's mm-hmm. just a ton of ideas stuck in my head. That's like, get me out, get me out. Yep. And then just building a team around you that, you know, a good manager, shout out to Paul Reed. Uh, Paul, love Paul's Paul. Great, man. Yep. Paul's great. Uh, he's not a yes man. That dude will, will fight for your project, believes in your project. And that's what I love the most. And uh, Well, that's a good team member. And then I have a mix and master guy, you know, Vargo. Okay. That boy is 
one of my favorite producers in the game. And he's actually one of my best friends. I've known him my entire career. Fuck We've yeah. always been in for each other. And um, he just knows what I want from my music and was like, I'm here for you, bro. Like, this is your, we want to bring your vision to light. And yeah. like, it's cool to have somebody who knows, because like my ears aren't the best. Mm-hmm. But my music creativity, like re- making records is where my talent is. Like yeah. making songs is where my talent is. I might not be the best technical guy in the game because I don't believe in that. I was always a sample guy. I mean, I grew up on A-Rap music. I grew mm-hmm. up on like guys like that. And for me, sound designing was never my key component. That's not what my main focus is as a, a musician. My main yeah. focus is music, creating songs. Because I think that's what a lot of people forget is that we're known, we're supposed to be here to make songs, memorable songs, songs that should last a lifetime, not yep. every month. And, and I think in like the facet of electronic music, the revisitability and the re-listenability, streamability, you know, whatever you want to call it, is at such a low percentage right now because people just have, you get this thing, especially in like that bass music dubstep genre where it's like, how clean is your mix down? How's the yeah, fucking sound design? How's this? How's that? And it's like, it's almost like it's catering to the niche group that's like, damn, that's a fucking dope growl, man. Like that kick's really punching through. And while all that matters, at the end of the day, you're writing music for people to revisit, to listen to over and over and over again. And I feel like pre-pandemic, pre-COVID area, like a lot of people just forgot about that. And, and it's, and it's really hard too, especially as an up and coming artist, like sitting in my shoes, looking at what kind of music labels are signing and you're really not seeing, yeah, I will go into that. We'll go into that. But you're not even seeing like bodies of work. You're just seeing sound design and you're like, wait, like, wait, I'm pulling out my hair. And I did exactly what you said you did three years ago, four years ago. I started making shit where I was singing. It really wasn't even bass music. And then I was like, nah, you got to make music to fit to the label, to cater to the label. And then honestly, like four months ago, I was like, dude, I'm going to finish up this bass music, but I'm not releasing one tune without my voice in it anymore. I'm not doing because that's the shit that I love to do. And like putting in the vocal samples and and using samples and, and making these cohesive songs are what the average consumer attaches themselves to and relates to. So it's, it's very interesting, like industry side and producer side versus consumer side when it comes to listenability, I feel like is a completely different kind of lane. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like maybe I am a sound designer because one of my key components in making records is I sing all my melodies. So, which is sick. So, Tell me about that process. Do you like sing into your mic or do you sing into MIDI? No, or no, no, no. I, okay. I sing to myself because yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't know keys. I don't know. Like I used to know that when I was in high school, I mean, I was in chorus and mm-hmm. my, my, my main focus, like my main music love was singing. I was a singer first and then I became a producer. Sick. So I, I, not that I, I didn't, I wasn't a good singer, but like, I just did not get the same push that I did when I was producing. So mm-hmm. I stuck with producing and, um, but I've always incorporated my singing into my stuff whenever I sing melodies and I'll just sing it to myself and then I'll just put it down on the MIDI, you know, drop it down, yeah. like whatever melody I heard and I'll find the key. And uh, as soon as I find the key, I'll comfortably be able to play it out. So that's kind of how I make most of my records. And then like, even like sampling, like if I find a nice little loop, that's nice. 
I'll take that loop, chop the shit up out of it, and then or just like, in a break, like just have a loop playing out, and then just start adding stuff on top of it and start yep. making a nice little orchestra feel. Um, but sampling is definitely my key uh, component and everything. But it's how you do it, you know. Like I, there's an art to it, and I think that's the problem. Everybody's starting to to dictate that sound designing is the only way that you become a producer. And my goal in life is to prove to everybody that you can make music however the fuck you want. It's still Absolutely. music at the end of the day. Sampling is just as like much of a craftsmanship in music as is sound designing. So yeah, that's where my head is at. And then the singing, um, to be honest with you, was 16 years in the making because uh, mm-hmm. I haven't been in the studio in 16 years in a booth. So I've always been the guy outside the booth watching the dudes. And then one day I was just sitting there in the booth. I was like, you know what? Ricky Remedy, shout out to that boy. That's my best friend. Like blood. Yes, so talented. I don't write one song where I don't use something from his fucking sample packs. I'm gonna be straight up with you because Ricky is one of the one of the few. Not saying that nobody believes in me, but genuinely, Mm -hmm. genuinely is somebody in my who's close to me that actually believes in what I do, and has been one of my more like confidence boosters guys in Mm -hmm. the scene because you know there be times where I don't feel that valuable or that like people are just like zooming right past me like they see me with a sign i was like yo i got dope shit but they just keep going and it's like damn but ricky stopped and ricky stopped and um i'll even say the story about how me and ricky met yeah no please do it so i used to live in new york before i, li- I lived in houston where'd you so live in new york i was in queens sweet All right so i was living out there and and six years ago i was about i was uh i was working at a deli and i was making sandwiches yeah so one day ricky <laughs> was at a stop in JFK. He was like, uh, um, he had like an eight hour layover or a 10 hour layover. So he went on Facebook. He was like, yo, I need something to do for like eight hours. So I was like, pull up, I'll make a sandwich. We had never met before that. I was like, just pull up. I'll make you a sandwich. We'll chill. So he came through. I made him a sandwich and we spoke. And ever since then, we've been like best friends. Damn. That's Um, fire. So yeah. So like Ricky, I had explained to him that I was, you know, wanted to do my singing stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't know what style yet because it's been 16 years since I've ever heard my voice really like fully sing. So I don't yep. know what I want to do. Um, and Ricky was like, "I'll send you a pack." So he sent me a pack of beats, and I took one of them, and then I recorded. And after that night, I was like, "It's time to record more because this is good." All the but- shit you sent me, the R and B shit, next level. I was like, "Dude, like this, this is like." 94.1 hip hop R&B yeah. radio play. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool because like I have this like little Italian swagger in my voice cuz like if you put my voice in like an Italian music it fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. But, but when I put my voice in, like R&B beats it doesn't sound like it's supposed to be there but it mm-hmm. works anyway. It's cool. It does. And um and yeah just like like you know this quarantine has allowed me to be like yo you don't have to do bass music. Like you don't have to fall in line with what you think is popping or what EDM people want. Yep. You need to just make you, make you. Getter did it for everybody. Getter literally went and did it for everybody. He made what he wanted to make. And he, he what he went through was for us. He yep. did that so that us, we can do that and, and not feel the same consequences that he felt. He did, he was the sacrifice, but he also didn't even consider it a sacrifice. We, I looked at it like that because of how much criticism he received for it. But I think he did it for a good reason and for a good cause. And it was for artists like us to say, yo, we have more talents than just 
bass music. There's so much more music than bass music. There's so much more. Trap music doesn't have to incorporate bass music. Trap can still be trap and be nice and fun and bouncy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's when everything kind of just shifted. No Cap came through. And when No Cap came through, another hit came through. Another hit came through, another hit, another hit. And now we're talking like 30 hits that I'm sitting on right now. Just chill. Yes, yes. And I mean, I think that's, that's a huge thing that a lot of people who get wrapped up in our industry or in our world or EDM, Twitter, whatever, da, 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 da. It's like the world is so much bigger in music than just bass music and, that's and just, why and just trap music. Tweet. Yeah. That's why I put in my tweet. I was like, hey, guys, just so you know, there's more to life than Twitter. Just so you know. Oh, my God. And there's everything <coughs> more to life than Twitter. Like like this right here, this is not reality. <coughs> the phone is not your reality. Like, step away from your phone and go live your life. Because we only get one, dude. And the universe was here before us. It's going to be here way fucking after us. And we only get our time here. So, like... All that fucking, you know, if you feel like hatred and you got to let it out on Twitter, you got to do something, you got to do whatever. Dude, go fucking take a take a class, get a certification, go learn how to make some music, go fucking run your ass off at the gym, like do some there's shit. People, there's people on Twitter that are so focused on taking others down. Ugh, then it pains me. It, then, it makes me want to delete my Twitter, Bailo. Bailo, I would not have my fucking Twitter if nah, I didn't feel like, like I need to have it. I I, I definitely <sighs> agree with you as well. I was never really a Twitter fan. Um, mm-hmm. It was something that I had to grow into because we needed it. Yeah. But if it was up to me, I would I wouldn't have a Twitter. I'd barely have an Instagram. But yeah, I mean, Instagram is okay because I have a lot of close friends on there that really because not everybody I know uses Twitter so it's like yep. Twitter is like a specific it's a very small facet actually yeah. of people who do use Twitter you just see the same usernames on there all the time because it's like that's the group that uses it and and it's just it's yeah if I, I had my agent on the podcast the other day and we were just talking about you know when social media came into the picture it it was supposed to be and is still supposed to th- be this thing when it's used correctly that's connecting you with people hundreds of thousands of miles away. Somebody in China doesn't even have to leave their bedroom to listen to your music and check you out and figure out who you are. But it's it's transformed from something that should be a, a beneficial <clears throat> fact to your, your brand and your music to something that just has a shit ton of fucking negativity right now. That, that and expectations. Yeah. <clears throat> um, too many people expect things to pop off online for them. And I, and I'll say I was a victim of that. I was definitely somebody who looked at numbers and said, yo, why isn't this picking up? Why is this so slow to grow up? Like, why is this number so low? And then like, there'll be other people that talk shit, but not at you, but like, you know, behind your back. Oh yeah. Read what they say. And I'm like, man, just reading what you wrote. Like, I don't even care about numbers anymore because you just make it out to be this thing that like, we have to have high numbers and shit. And, um, you know, but honestly, I look at social media and I say, yo, I'm over the numbers. I don't care if it pops off or not. Like, my Spotify looks beautiful. That's what mm-hmm. matters to me more than anything. That's something that I grew organically. Yep. Um, no money spent, especially on the, the latest releases. If you go on my Spotify and you look at the numbers right now for, like, my last EP, for my, even my house EP is doing good, too. And that was something different out of, off the wall from everybody. Yep. Um, but the Trapped Out EP was a success. I mean, I have two, one song already over 100K, uh, Kings with Liney. Mm-hmm. I have um, uh, 
in the trap that's about to reach 100k so that's two records in the ep of 100k on spotify that's that's you know no cap is over 100k you know i i'm doing okay you know like i'm not absolutely i feel good i definitely feel good because there's no you know because i have no money to spend i'm not out here you know working like that you know and uh to see the numbers organically grow like that you know it means a lot well, that's, that's, you know, quote unquote goals. And I think, I think in this time where we like entered this pandemic, you know, you've been in the game a hell of a lot longer than I've been in the game. And, and, and I can even see from my short time of experience here, you know, there's so many really big DJs, especially in the world of bass that were built and bought off of bots and fake numbers and fake plays. Yeah, you know what's crazy? When you say it like that, like you've been in this game for so long, I think to myself, because this is all pretty much Tampa talk. Yeah. This is how long I've been in the game. Mike opened up for me. Yeah. <laughs> my debut fucking, in Tampa. Which is crazy, which is crazy. But it's like, <laughs> you, you look at that shit and it's like, I feel like this is the first time ever where people are just seeing like a differentiation between the people who are just on the touring circuit 24-7 and like... They had like the content from the shows and this and that to support their like releases. But when you take that away and like maybe the, the, fi- the record, yep, it all comes down to the record and maybe the finances aren't there anymore because you're not getting the income from the shows or X, Y, and Z to keep up that, that kind of persona <clears throat> of a social media presence. That's not real. And that's, that's a conversation, you know, cause I've seen, cause when I first started, like came in here, I was seeing all these people with, you know, I got to get the likes on this. I got to get this. I got to do this. Yeah. And now I'm like, man, that's the wrong fucking way to do it, bro. Like that is the wrong way to do it because that is short-term thinking. It's not long-term thinking. And like, you want real people and real seats and real ticket sales. Like I get that. It's so fucked that like, your social media numbers are considered data nowadays to like agents That's and talent gross. buyers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's disgusting, but, but you know, then you can turn around and you got a hundred thousand people who love this fucking record, who will buy tickets to come and hear this record for four minutes in an hour set. And like, that's the kind of shit that I hope, you know, just starts to, I want to say now, my music now has been more or less like get in the car, mm-hmm. drive down a highway, and bump my shit. Yeah. That's where you should be listening to my music is mm-hmm. when you're driving on the road. Um, I mean, <clears throat> the reputation that I've always had in the scene from what I've seen just off of like socials and stuff is that people really like my music for workouts. And yeah. that's great. I, I It's cool actually. Cause it's like, I'm helping people every day. I do. I used to listen to your mixes and shit. Well, I remember when you dropped that EP on Never Say Die, I would I would listen to it in the gym all the time. That's how I discovered you. And then I was like, damn, he actually makes fire trap music. And then I like went into your discography and shit. Yeah, no, the discography now. uh, I'm I'm excited for the next five to ten years. I really am. Because where my head is at right now, the music that I'm making is different. But it's 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 just paying homage to the 2014 trap era, like the golden trap era. Mm-hmm. It's paying homage, but saying we gotta move forward. It's time. Yeah, to move. And too like, many people are like, "There's no trap music out there. It doesn't exist, and I can't find it, and I don't know where it is." It's a lot. It's just it's the people that are just so stuck in one time period that they don't want to move forward with it or give anybody else a chance. Mm-hmm. And just like with times, you know, like in dubstep, you know, you have Skrillex and then 
you passed the torch. You know what I'm saying? Like now you're passing the torch to all the young cats that are coming up in the game. Yep. Cap's got to do the same thing. The only problem is that it wasn't done properly. It yeah. wasn't done right. You know, the, the community for Trap was just a lot of these bigger artists just kind of fencing for themselves and then doing what they can for themselves. And now they want to start bringing everybody up. Like, there's, like it's, it took them six years. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. now, I mean, better late than never, but that's why Trap took such a tumble and such a stumble because we didn't properly pass the torch to the younger artists when we should have yeah. to develop the sound. We kind of just got stuck in one place and said, we're, we're making a fuck ton of money. We don't got to move. Yeah. Instead of, instead of like experimenting, kind of opening the gates, which I think bass music, I don't like a lot of things, bass music, but I think bass music did that pretty well where they've opened the gates, to the younger kids coming in and they've really, you know, whether it's through labels, whether it's through bigger artists, you know, X, Y, Z, you see a lot of experimental shit and you're, you're absolutely correct. Cause when I was 18, my first show ever was RL Grime. That was the show that I was like, this shit, it was his void tour. I was like, damn. That that's lit. That's lit. Yeah. And then after that, I I felt like, of course, I wasn't integrated, integrated, but I felt like there was kind of a downfall in that genre. And then you're correct. It just kind of was left to be there. And now to dry. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I'm I'm here to give it its juice back. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, you've been doing it consistently. I think more than anything, people just have to understand that in order for you to be long-term successful and like, as like a consumer, you have to understand that some of these people are on tour and they're not even making ends meet between their manager taking a cut, their agent taking a cut. They're still having to work a second job at home because they're not making enough. And these are people who are on every festival circuit and on on tours and opening and shit. And it's like, in order for you to actually make a living off of what you're doing, like it's definitely the long game. And it's just like anything, as many hours as you put in, as many years as you put in, you're going to be that much closer. You're going to be that much more established, that much better. And, and now, you know, you're working with some younger cats who I would love for you to bring up. I saw a shit ton of old cats too. Yeah. And and older guys too. I mean, I saw there's a a lot of guys that, well, I'm not going to just say guys, artists, because there are female artists as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, um, there's artists that, I was not not that they didn't fuck with me, but they probably didn't really know about me years ago. Mm-hmm. That are now fucking with me. And yeah, it's cool because it means some, it means a lot more than I that I probably would have appreciated years ago. But yeah, I'm working with a lot of upcomers, uh, working with more of the old cats too. Uh, but yeah, the young guys, I'll definitely uh, point out a couple because we actually are forming. We 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 did form it already. We're just in the process of what direction we're going to go for next year. Okay. Not even this year, the next year, but T3 collective is going to be a thing. Um, it's, it includes myself. Yeah. Me too. John Casey, the bow and Liney. Yes. Um, and we're going to just go in and just take over the fucking scene. Um, we're going to have fun with our music. We're going to show people that there's more trap music than the other groups that are, are out there that are showing out. Um, and hip-hop, because Yemi too, not that he doesn't fuck with electronic stuff, but he is steering towards the hip-hop route, and we want that in our group. So 
Yeah, it's it's a nice combo of the past, the present, and the future. Love all of those artists trying to get Liney on an EXO radio mix. We've been talking. I can I can make that happen. So yeah, so so no, I fuck with him so much. I fuck with John Casey too. I mean, those two guys are. I like listen to their shit on the regular, and I'm like, damn, this is like this is fucking it. And and you know, it's like you you look at it too, and I think a lot of artists seclude themselves and they they put themselves in this like little like bowl and they're like oh i can't leave the bowl because then people aren't gonna fuck with me exactly what you said kind of get her sacrificed for us to show us as artists that like it is possible but it's like it still even scares me and it's like you're i think about like you i think about a craze i think about nitty gritty i think about a few other people who really are just you know it's on that like hashtag fuck genre shit where you guys just put out music that you love. And that, and and I think we're going to start to see more and more artists starting to do that, especially if we especially if we stay in a fucking quarantine. And, I craze uh, for sure. I will definitely say yeah. that craze has been one of the more influential artists. Mm-hmm. I would say this quarantine, um he goes into it with the give no fucks mentality and you can see it. He's not showcasing any sense of fear of releasing anything he's just saying this is what it is to call it a day yeah very good shit charlie's the man for real yeah yeah he's he's uh he's just one of those people who who i think comparable it's like it's hard you. not to like charlie it really it, it, is it hard, is not, hard to not to like charlie he's a he's a great guy his team is great i love his yeah. manager alex Allison's is great team. um alex, you know alex pulls a lot of pranks too with, with charlie like he had really he, had text, he goes yo text uh at craze happy birthday and i texted him happy birthday he's like it's not my birthday bro and i'm like oh my fuck? god <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's they're, they're like best they're a great team i feel like we all you know what's crazy our teams are like kind of we're all connected to Somehow, you know, because I have now, well, because of Paul and he's in Florida because of my, my, I guess my, like my loyal ship to, to Florida as well. Like over the years of touring and constantly playing at the same spots and knowing the mm-hmm. same people. Uh, I have such a close tie with, with people in Florida and especially like, like Alex and his team. I was about rated, to say Alex. You got, yeah. R, you got yep. Bargo, you got like Bargo's obviously my right hand man. That's my boy. You got act craze. Like these are people that I've been fucking with for years. You yeah. Know? And, and, and I mean, you're close to Mike too. You're close to blondes too. I mean, everyone yes. in Florida kind of like you, everyone in Florida fucks with you. Every time you come out, people are like, damn. And also like a uh, Vulcan Sam. <clears throat> I remember he came Vulcan, to me yes. a long time ago and he was like, dude, he's like, Bela's the first big artist that's like ever put me on and I will like forever be indebted. He had that he had that one that one remix. The flip, did. the Grizztronics remix. <clears throat> yes. I played that at at home base. Mm-hmm. Crowd he loved cried. it. He cried. He yeah. cried. I'm just like Crowd loved you know. it. Crowd loved it. And you know, I, you gotta like artists don't really understand the, the big artists. I mean, some of them do and some of them don't. There's a feeling that you get when an artist that you look up to or an artist that you know is popping plays your shit out it's such a feeling it's a crazy feeling and i know because i was in his shoes Mm -hmm. and that's why i do things like that because i know what it feels like and it's a great feeling and uh sam's been really really working hard he has been he had a subsidia release today but but yeah you know it's just very comparable to you know when i opened for you you pulled me and Burns on stage. Burns was like, "Damn, this is this is fucking lit." He back to up, back to back. Yeah, he looks up to you a shit time. And and I think the sad part is, is you know, we've all been in the shoes. Like I had Yultron play out a track of mine at EDC Orlando, you know, November back back, and I was like, "Holy!" Like like my heart sank because I was like, "This is unreal." And the sad part is that 
you know, you remember that feeling and I remember that feeling and you would like to think most huge artists have had that feeling at one time. So it's like, why wouldn't you want to do that for someone else? You know, like why, why do you get to a level and then you all of a sudden think you're like, too good to do something or it's not the right look or like, nah, man, I don't fuck with you because you're not at my level. I I don't understand how a mental capacity gets to that point where you somewhat self-decide that you're now better than everyone else. It just gets to your head. You know, there's certain people that just let it get to their head and like, I've never been that type. I've always, my goal, I've always set goals for myself, for my personality going into everything. And it's, Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to change who I am as a person with whatever I do. And I've made sure of that and I've kept that clear for six years now. And I have not changed. If anybody who'd known me five years ago, I'm still the same now. Nothing's fucking changed. You know, maybe maybe my communication hasn't been as concrete, but mm-hmm. like there's always gonna be love there. Absolutely. You know, like, and that's why I try to tell people, like, hey, if I don't hit you up, if I don't reach out, it's not a personal vendetta on you. I just probably have a lot because my head can only take so much at this point. Like I can't fit everything that I wish I could in, in my head. Like, no. Cause it's between getting high and dealing with this shit. Yeah. My brain can only take a certain amount. And like, especially when I'm working on music, don't even bother hitting me up because it does mm-hmm. not work out. Well, I think there's something that comes with that direct defense. Uh, my, my little pronunciation. Um, I think that comes with the, uh, difference in kind of establishing where your like head is all the time. And, and I think people get wrapped up when they start to get this momentum behind them as an artist or, you know, whatever with their team. And they feel like they just don't have enough hours in the day. And then they're like, Oh, I don't, I can't sleep. I can't do this. I got to keep writing. I got to respond to every single person who comments and I got to do X, Y, and Z. And there has to be a difference between like you being yourself as a human and taking personal time for yourself and you being an artist and you working on music and you doing the social media shit. Because if you just do that endlessly and you don't allow yourself to give, you know, a mental break, then you're going to burn out. It's just like anything. I don't even know what a mental break is yet. I'm still trying to figure that out because (laughs) when I, when I tell myself I'm not going to get on social media, I get on social media. It's such a struggle. Our generation is and addicted <clears throat> to the phone. I really am trying my hardest to to give myself a lot. I'm of in time. that same boat. My but it also is hard dead. because, like, I have a release coming out Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two live streams this month that I haven't announced yet that are going to blow everybody away. Um, Yay! And uh, it's February is a great month. I'm not going to sit here complain about February. When March comes around, and I don't think I don't know if there's gonna be much going on in March, my ass is staying off everything because I need to like just stop, you know. And I tell my girlfriend all the time, I'm like, "All right, babe, I just told Paul I'm gonna be off social media for a week." She's like, "All right," and then Sunday comes, "Yo, babe, you see this shit that happened on Twitter?" She's like, "Babe, I thought you said you were gonna be off of it," and I was like, "You're right." There's something new every day. And, and it, it consumes you. And a lot of times I feel like, like I'm someone who's like mentally trying to like strengthen my mind and like capacity, like that shit can ruin your days sometimes, you know, if you see the wrong shit, if you see someone talking shit, yeah, you just start to get that vibe that, that it brings. Uh, It wants you, it, they, they write these things because they want you to react. They want you to absolutely get this feeling of what kind of human being are you if you read this? If you read this, are you going to react in a, a humanly way or an inhumane way? 
Well, they want an inhumane reaction most of the time. They want you to go off. They want you to look like an idiot. And they can't stand when people just walk away. And they say, you know, man, I'm not going to do this shit. I'm always Mm. like, yo, if you got a problem with me, here's my number. You call me. We'll FaceTime. We'll have a a human discussion. It's an East Coast mentality. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, For sure. Uh, I, I always say that. So this month, you got two live streams coming up. You excited? I know you probably can't share, but if they're big, I know they're pretty big. They're big. Oh, they're big. that's good. One of, them, one of them is, I'm not going to say what it is, but I will say the whole origin. They're, they are people that I've been chasing since I changed to this trap realm. Oh, I've, shit. I've been, all right, all and right. And if there's one thing I want to teach artists, you know, shoot your shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if you are on social media and you see there's people that you look up to or that you fuck with or that you think they should be fucking with you, just type to them. Always write some shit to them, like, on their, their post. Like, write some shit. I mean, you never know. There might be people who fuck with you reading your comment and will like it and start gaining attraction and attention to then be like, oh, who's this? Yep. But, and, <clears throat> yeah. Um, that that stream in particular are, is a group of people that I've been chasing for over a year. And they finally hit me up and was like it's time and i was like cool and then Yay. another stream was was actually a surprise uh for me i mean i can i could talk about it here because like, i've already kind of did the videos and whatnot but um mm-hmm. so i got it i got followed by a track okay and i said it was random and i was like cool that's sick that and is sick he's a don I, he's a fucking g but then i got a dm request from him i said Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he hits me up. He's like, "Hey, wanted to invite you to be a uh, the B battle for the Goldie Awards." <gasps> and I said, "Sick, I'm down." So I will oh be my on the, God. the Goldie Awards. Yeah. That is huge. You know, that's a big deal, right? You know, that's like a huge I'm fucking sh- deal, right? That's why. I, that's why I said I got two big streams <gasps> this month. That's. So exciting. Damn. A-Track's like one Trap of my music favorites. Is back on the map, baby. I, I, Absolutely. Trap music is back on the map and I showcased that for the Goldie Awards for sure. So yes. I'm excited. Oh, good. And I think, and I think with like, you know, you're a humble ass guy and you have stayed like, you know, what you said, you know, I'm the same as, you know, six years ago, but I got a lot more people in my inbox. So if my communication isn't the best, it's not the best, you know, but that's what's going to take you so far is like, having that same mindset and the head on your shoulders. And I know Paul kind of well too. And like, he won't let you get out of line. Like, I think there's important, there's an important relationship there. The cool thing with Paul and I, and I I say this with, you know, like you got to find a manager that just respects you, Mm -hmm. respects you as a human being. And you have to be able to respect them back. And the thing with me and Paul is, Paul is a genuine soul in the scene. He really is. You know, if he believes in you, if he fucks with you as a human, I mean, just to like, I guess to just talk about the story with Paul, um, I had reached out to Paul a while ago, like way before quarantine. I'm talking maybe 2019. I said, hey, man, just wanted to send you my project if you were ever interested. But I guess we had our discussions and he didn't really feel like where my head was at was in the right place for him. Mm-hmm. And then I had a whole 
management change, I went and I said, yo, I need to move forward in a positive direction. It was not working out for me at all. I was pissed. It was pissing me off. Mm -hmm. And I came with Paul again and I said, yo, this is where my head is at right now. We we discussed it. And right after that, he said, you already sound way different than the last time we spoke. And then I sent him the music and he goes, okay, I was not expecting this. You're in a complete different headspace now. So it just, it's, it's just, you know, he didn't want to get put into something that wasn't feeling it for him in a sense of, can I, can I fuck with this dude? Can I, can I, can I actually be boys with him? You know, like, can we actually have a nice relationship ongoing after, even if this doesn't work out, is this something that we can both be like, Hey, this didn't work out. It's all good. You know, whatever. Paul is a guy that I know that even if it doesn't work out, which as of right now it's, it's working out. Uh, I would still be boys with him. Yeah, know, for sure. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he took what was a, a shitty situation from me and has helped it become a promising one. I'm not going to say successful one. It's still promising because mm-hmm. I'm still not where I want to be at yet. And, you know, I've, I've tackled the one thing that I think was hurting the most was that, Hey, I want to have the best music in the game. Um, didn't feel like I had it at the time. I feel like I have it now. I can yeah. put my, I'll put my playlist up against anybody else's. I, yes. With full confidence. I'm cool with that. You know, I'll put it up against anybody and I'll still win. No problem. Fuck yeah. That's where I'm at. That confidence, I feel like it definitely takes time to build, but like that's the confidence and mindset you have to have to really, I think, make it to to the point where you kind of look back in and you're like, damn, this is like where I want to be. Like you got to believe in your music and have confidence in your music. You got to be happy with the music you're making too. You got to love your music. Yeah. If you don't like your music, then what's what's the point of you doing it? And I feel like so many people, including myself, need to hear that sometimes because I think people just like, again, put themselves in this box and they're like, I got to make a dubstep tune. I got to fucking put do this you, shit. I'm going to put it to you in, in my tone. This yeah. is how I, like, let's say I didn't even know that you were feeling that, right? Like, let's yeah. say like, you, I didn't know you just said that. I'm going to give it to you in my tone. But what the fuck is the point of you doing this if you don't like your shit? Mm-hmm. Mind you, act like you never even, like you weren't even thinking that, but that's yeah. my tone towards it is that it's a disgrace. If you are doing this and don't like your own shit, Stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I I stopped singing at one point because I didn't like how I sounded. I didn't like my voice like that. People said I had a great voice, but I didn't like where my voice was at. So I stopped. Yeah. It took me a long time to build that confidence in my voice to say, all right, I can fuck with it. It takes time. Mm -hmm. Hence why 15 years later, you know, I'm back on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But like. It's so important. I, I, you know, what's funny is I don't think I've, I've, you know, and this is not to to sound like somebody. I, I didn't do this on purpose. Well, yes and no. I haven't listened to a promo in maybe a month and a half. Why? Because I play ninety percent my records in my sets. I have an almost. I mean, I can I, if I wanted to. It would be in a hundred hundred percent bylaw set. No problem. But I started making a vow that, like, I'm only playing music from T3, which is The Bow, John Casey, Lining, Yemi 2, in my sets. At least one or two songs from each of them. 
Yeah. So that means that out of my set of like 40 songs, 30, 40 songs in a half hour set, I would say 25 of them are mine. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Like it should be a showcase of like your work. And I get that people have to build to that point. Like obviously you're not going to fucking stop your fingers. It took me six years to say yeah. I could comfortably do a full six, a full hour set. I could do a full hour set of my shit. Yeah. And be completely it's, happy with it. It yeah. took a while. It took a long time. But, you know, I hope that this is what the quarantine was supposed to make you do. It was supposed mm-hmm. to make you become an artist, which means you can't depend on others' records to build you. Now you have to build yourself with your own records. So some people did it. Some people said, well, I'm not really there mentally wise to make music. And I'm like, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. You know, like, I get that. That's cool. You know, but I feel like there was just this huge split of the scene huge split huge Huge split of the scene of where you could make music during all this and you'll get shamed for it here and there and then you could say well i haven't been there to make music so feel bad for me and like be upset for me and it's like look you gotta be able to understand something you're a musician and when i signed up for this when i when i said i because i quit my job Yep. Six years ago, I took. I used to work at the airport too. I quit that job the minute I booked my first show. I took my ID. I said, "I'm out. Never coming back. I'm good." I told myself, "I'm never going back to working a day job ever again." On because I signed up for this. I have. I wasted. Not. I'm not gonna say I wasted, but I'm almost thirty. Mm-hmm. You know, I put in seven years into the scene. Who, what am I going to put on my resume to go look for a job right now? Yeah. Uh, yep. From 2013 to 2020, well, 2020, you hear me? 2020, <laughs> I was a touring DJ. You guys are looking for a worker there? No, nah, I'm sorry. We have somebody who has experience who's been working like every year, you know? Yep. Look, this is what I, I, I signed up for. I signed up to do this. Yeah. And a pandemic came through. So what does that mean? We have to all stop? No, you have to adapt. Adapt. Learn how to fucking play shows safely. Learn how to fucking just do the shit right. If a state gives you legal laws, legal, legal laws, then it's legal. Like, thank you, you for saying make, that. You can make people morally feel a way, but it's not fair. It's not fair at all. It's a risk that people are going to take. And mind you, you know, because again, this, this all becomes political. Oh, I'm not. I'm not, and I'm gonna. I'll say it here. I'm not the far right. I'm not the far left. I'm in the middle. I am. I'm in the middle. middle. Yeah, I am too. I take pieces from both because they they both have things that make sense. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh, well, I'm I'm glad they're open." You know, like I could feel a way about it. Also, I could just shut the fuck up and not go anywhere and say whatever happens happens there you know mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna shame everybody in the world because like they, they want to create a whole list of people boy they already like, created the list it's it's really like, it's really hard it blew like, my mind it blew my mind because these are our people that we work with that that you know like, yeah it, it just it, it's so weird to me yeah and all i could say to the people that are on the list i hope that the reasons why you're playing these shows makes sense yeah my only reason why i would take the show right now because mind you i i don't mind taking the show right now mm-hmm. my 
My reason is to pay my bills because the people who are shaming me for taking it are not also going to hand me my rent money or hand me my. Well, that that's what I'm saying. Like, let me talk on that real quick, because because you know, obviously, I live in Florida. I'm a resident. Uh, I'm a very I'm a very targeted resident at the current point in time, and it's like definitely a hard situation to talk about. But it's even harder, like talking to people who are here on like artist visas and like they literally don't have another way to make money and they're not taking illegal shows. They're taking legal shows where I know in a lot of states that are closed um, are having illegal parties and they are having mm-hmm. illegal raves where masks aren't even being enforced or mandated or X, Y, and Z. And like, I'll just touch on it. Cause I, it's, it's not, it's not a huge like uh, topic of our conversation, but you know, in Florida we're open, man. Like, I, we have the Super Bowl here next weekend. We got we got forty thousand people coming into our city, and we got we got Ty Dolla Sign and 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 Gucci Mane and Kodak Black and you all know, these I'm people. So, I'm so happy that you mentioned them because there's one thing that I've been seeing online of, of and I know what you're going to say, and please say it. Go do it. <laughs> if you take a show during a pandemic, you are racist. What does that mean? Yeah. Like I'm sorry, it, it that doesn't make any sense to me. I get yeah. I get that the virus kills black people more. You know, I, I know that for a fact. But yeah, it's a proven I'm fact. Seeing, it's I'm seeing. Correct. I'm seeing. You know, black people also take shows. I'm seeing them also play at at as well as EDM DJs that are people of color. Rappers yeah. are pulling up in Houston every week. There's rappers coming through, going to the clubs every week, and packing them shits out performing. Yep. So does are, are they also racist as well? It's a it's an open ended question there. I just know when I mind you, mind you, I am one of the most open people in the game. Yeah. I work with all types of people. I'm Absolutely. And when somebody sits there and tries to call me racist, it's like the weirdest thing ever because I have way more black friends than I do white friends. I'm just mm-hmm. being straight up about it. Yeah. I, I I'm with the brothers more than anything. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? I'm with the homies. That's just my life. It's always been my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just funny to hear it in that sense because I'm like, I literally had an EDM artist who was black hit me up saying, "Dog, I don't, I, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I know where, I know where. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's just." And weird. I think the shitty thing is that people are like scared to stand up for the other side right now, and like, and I think therefore, like these conversations aren't being had, and and it's just like it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens because. No matter what happens, at one point in time, there is going to be a 50-50 split of states having shows and DJs playing shows. And the DJs, the DJ pool of artists taking shows are going to become bigger and bigger. It's not going backwards. Like, I hate to no, tell not whoever. No, not at all. Not at all. And, I mean, and, and look, you know, like, I'm, you know, and another thing I've been seeing, too, is artists saying, well, I'm not of much, I don't have much of a big ego. I can go ahead and get a job and work somewhere and not worry about but it's not that's not the point and the it's point not that is, simple either just what you said you haven't but, worked a job in six even, years not even, not even the simplicity of it that doesn't even matter at this point that doesn't yeah even, that doesn't even become an argument part yeah the argument part is they seem to forget that this is a job this is a career you know when i go to school and they say hey what are you going to become a fireman right or a firewoman you know either or are you going to still fight fires during the pandemic or are you going to stay home and look for something else? You're going to still fight fires. That's still a risk that you're willing to take. You work at a restaurant, right? You're mm-hmm. going to make pizzas every day. You're going to go to the pizzeria every day or are you going to stay home and let your, your, your business die out? Yeah. Or 
we're all a business, you know, like yep. this isn't like I have an LLC, you know, maybe I like do a, too. Yeah. We, most of us do like, it's, you know, we have a tax ID number. We have X, Y, and Z. Like I take my income from lessons from doing freelance mixing from doing X, Y, and Z and that all feeds into my project. And like to come no, to me played, and tell me, so you know, I played, uh, I played two shows in, uh, in October, right? I okay. played in Minnesota. I played at Skyway. Yep. They booked me for two nights. They said, hey, let's do one dubstep night and one trap night. They're a great venue. Great team. Can I tell you, it was 15% capacity of the Skyway Theater room. Mm-hmm. Skyway could fit 2,000 It's huge. People. It's that, that room's huge. Yeah. yeah. It was there was about 100 people in that room. Mm-hmm. 100. Split that up in the entire fucking room. Everybody did what they had to do. Yeah. It was perfectly done. Without those shows, I'd probably be homeless right now. Yeah. Yep. And it's, uh, and, and, but they're never going to understand that side of the story because their only side of the story is you can't be taking shows right now because it's fucking up the pandemic. But like, look around you, dog. Life like, moves on. Life is moving on. But just look I, around you. you. Know? Like, look, there's people going to the store right now, right? To HEB. It's a risk to go to HEB because there's so many people going into HEB. It's, it's still a risk. Everything you do is a risk. It's, it's not necessarily the show specifically that's a risk. The Super Bowl is going to have 20,000 people at the stands on top of that with the with the cutouts or whatever. And that's not even taking into account how many tourists were coming in just to do festivity shit. And yeah, I was going to say, any events on top of that for Super Bowl week, because I'm sure there's going to be hella events going on. Dude, over there. hella, hella. We got Kodak Black at Ritz on Friday. We got some other three rappers coming in on Saturday. And then we got Gucci Mane on Sunday. And that's one club. We have Story coming up from Miami. We have Liv coming up from Miami. We have Celine coming into Tampa. Like, and all, Listen, all Twitter can do right now is shame them on there. Yeah. And it's not going to stop anybody. But, and, and it's I, not going to pay your bills, too. Like, those people who are trying to take you down, are they going to cash app you your rent? Like, are they going to cash app you X, Y, and Z? And that's why it pains me when I see artists that I know what they're getting. Like, I know in the realm of, like, monetary value of what their booking fee is taking not taking shows and canceling on shows for people attacking them on Twitter because I guarantee you a good 50 to 70% of them has never spent $1 on their brand or their music or their merch or their tickets ever. And that's like the sad part. And now this person is like struggling. So I don't know. It's a, it's definitely a topic of conversation that's very hard to talk about right now. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I, glad, I'm glad we got to talk about it a little bit. Because, yeah, a little know, bit. Where my, yeah. where my head is at is I feel... I feel for for both ends. I understand Me why too. More people taking shows for sure, but I also understand that it's a hustle. It's a hustle, and I'm not the type of person to give up on my hustle. You know, like this music scene is a hustle the, yep. the entire career. You're hustling the entire career. Yeah, and you know, sure, you know, they can sit there and say, "Well, you can make money off your streaming," but like we all no, know, you're not equivalent music, value. Electronic music doesn't get streamed like that. And we no. all know that. And they, they'll never face the facts. The only the big guys get the streams like that. You know, everybody else has got to fight for their numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just set it up in a, in a, in a, in a place where like, you can't expect somebody who hasn't, who's been out of work for six, seven years. And at this point in his life, not, I'm not like a 21 year old kid that, you know, his career got fluctuated and, and he doesn't know what to do. He's 21 years old. He's got so much time. I'm yeah. going to be 30 years old. You know, like my life choices at this point are dead and done. Like yeah. For, 
That's how. That's where my head is at. I chose this com- career because this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Exactly, and it's a career, and you've reached a point too. Like not only like like of you saying earlier in the podcast, like hey, like I'm happy as fuck with what I'm doing. I'm sitting on thirty bangers. Yeah. Like this is my time. Like you've reached that momentum. So what are you supposed to do? Turn around and quit? No, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> and mind you, there's nothing wrong with working anywhere. There's no, there isn't. There I will never listen. My my point all this is not to shame the other jobs that I can't work there or that I can't. The point is I don't want to. You know, yeah. it's just it's just I don't want to work there. I want to continue on in my career, and if it's if it's able to, I will. I'm not yeah. going to stop because a, a small group of people are trying to take down other people, and mm-hmm. and and I'm not going to go and be the small minded brain that they are. I'm going to stay open minded and. Again, my team, Paul helps me get through that and like lets me realize, yo, Twitter, don't even fucking listen to it. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It's one per- it's like one or two people that are stirring the pot. That's oh, all it's it is. the same people all the time. The same people. And, and I, I just saw it and I just saw it too. And I was like, damn, like they're really coming at nitty gritty. Like out of all people, and I was like, they're Ricky, really coming at him. He's the boy. And, it's like, and he's, he's such, such a, a good, good individual. He's he's an amazing, hardworking. He's the epitome of someone who like should be where they're at and to like get people to tear them down and like like dude it's just so hard like i go to the mall and i see families walking around without masks like our our restaurants are at 100 cap every bar is at 100 cap and our venues are still throwing under capacity shows and it's like the world would move on and the venue would close if these shows don't happen and like that's the problem though it's it's Honestly, I want this to be a happy, a happy podcast. It's I'm very happy. No, I'm so glad you brought it up because I'm I'm always scared to bring it up. Never scared to bring it up because that's the thing about me. That's why, to be honest with you, that's why I don't feel like I've ever been where I wanted to be yet. Is because I'm not scared to open up about things that I feel are wrong or are fucked yeah. up. And you know, but that's Twitter, like moral integrity, and it's just like it sucks that Twitter, people. Twitter's on my shit list. Twitter yeah. is on my shit list. <laughs> yes. I do what I can on Twitter, but it's on my shit list. 100%. Yeah. It's it's just there is another, you know, facet of connection with people who might not know you exist. Like that's yeah. that's it. But but you, thank you so much for coming on today, man. Course, I'm so course. excited for all of the new music you're about to be dropping. You said you got a new track on Friday? Yeah, I got uh, game over with the Bow and Jack Casey coming out ah! on Friday. Yo, what? Holy shit. All right. Wait, today is today's Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, so two days. days. Two days. Oh, so damn. That'll, that'll lead off. And then whatever I have left this year, you'll hear it come out somehow or some way. Very excited. Congratulations on you, the A-Track stream. Congratulations Thank on you. everything. Dude, your future. Like, it's your time, dude. Like, you got to hey, know. Like, I get unless, chills because, like, it's your time, dude. Unless EDM Twitter cancels me for something, then, yeah, my time will come soon. <laughs> no, no, they won't. Even if they come for you, the only person that allows yourself to be canceled is you. And you're not going to yeah. let that happen. So, nah, no chance. so, you know, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you, Lizzie.